Dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. Welcome back. This is Locked On White Sox. I'm your host, Chris Tannehill. My partner, Herb Lawrence, will be here with me shortly. We want to thank you guys for making Locked On White Sox your first listen every day. Don't forget, we're free and available on all platforms. On YouTube as well, just search Locked On Sox on YouTube and you'll see our beautiful faces there. Subscribe, tell a friend. We're still kicking some Locked On White Sox prize packs to our subscribers there on YouTube for every 100 subscribers. So maybe you'll be randomly selected there, but uh, we appreciate you guys commenting, subscribing, sharing, uh, everyone. It's always appreciated. And don't forget to leave a comment and a rating on iTunes as well. It really helps out the show. All right, well, ain't nothing to it but to do it. If my partner were here, I'd ask him about the bag and if it should be opened. And at this point, he would probably say, let's do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. And we love emails, too. It's a vital part of the show in the off-season. We love connecting with you guys and girls out there. We're going to have almost an entire week here. You realize that? Of emails and phone calls. The Friday show is going to be a little bit different. I'll talk about that later on in the show. But the first four shows of the week are all content based on your emails and phone calls. So that's really appreciated. So if you want to get a hold of us, get a hold of the show, get your email read lockedonsocks at gmail.com that's lockedonsocks at gmail.com if you have a voicemail you have some thoughts you want us to hear your lovely voice it's 312-566-8727 312-566-8727 and if you can't remember those numbers just remember this it's a very simple way it's almost even simpler some would argue to remember the number just think of your favorite Sox players Harold Baines AJ Pruszynski Mark Burley Jorge Orta Bo Jackson, Carlton Fisk, and Tim Anderson. It's so easy. It's easier than remembering the number, I would say. So, without any further ado, let's get back into the bag. Next email coming in here from, let's see, who do we got here? This is from, oh, it's another lengthy one. This is another one from our guy, Alex, at Irish 99 so you know he's always got a plan. Hi, Chris and Herb. How oh. are, are y'all doing today? Welp. Given that my last attempt at an off-season plan was far-fetched as possible, let's try that again. I'll try to keep this short and sweet. Point number one, with the retirement of Buster Posey, we all run a real risk of the Giants cornering the catcher market as they're probably the most desirable team to play for right now. My suggestion, and this is going to sting and give me flack, would be trading Yasmati Grandal and Dallas Keuchel to the Giants in exchange for second baseman Wilmer Flores. He's a consistent hitter with a good righty-lefty home-away offensive splits. He's also played 30 games last season alone at third with only one error. 
Trading Yaz for Flores may be overselling, which is why I would suggest trading Keuchel to make things even with San Fran having to eat his contract in exchange for a switch hitting catcher that'll gladly launch moonshots into McCovey Cove. All right, so let's just break that down there. Sox trading Grandal and Keuchel to the Giants for Wilmer Flores. Are, no. No? Okay, are you uh, the... Are you the Giants GM? Are you Rick Hahn? Who, who are you? I'm, are you everyone I'm Rick, involved? I'm Rick Hahn. <laughs> okay. I'm Rick Hahn. Uh, no. <laughs> why, Rick? Why? Why are you so close-minded in this regard? Uh, you mean you want to trade? Uh, you want to trade Yasmani Grandal for a guy that was uh, barely a two-war player last year uh, who uh, got on base at a three thirty-five clip? That's that's uh, you know that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I guess. And I appreciate my man sending it in, but no, no. I'm like I was like okay. We're going somewhere. Yasmani and uh, Dallas. Dallas is not great, but, you know, a National League team might love him, especially in that ballpark. Um, all right. We're going to see some names here. We're going to see some names that I can respect. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy this. We're going to get uh, their high prospect. Was a Joey Bart? Change his name to CTA. Oh, you just wanted to shoehorn that, in, that one in there. That's awesome. <laughs> I like um, it. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. You know, get get uh, my man Wade out there in a package also. Cool, but uh, Wilmer Flores, man, the the image I have in my mind forever, Wilmer Flores, will always be that he got traded in the middle of the game, <laughs> and it was a mistake, and he found out, and he was like crying in the dugout. He was a young player; he pretty much grew up with the Mets. He got uh, signed him like when he was a teenager, and he was just bawling. And then it trade either fell through, or they you know felt sorry for him, and it went went away and so everybody was loving him so that moment just sticks in my mind about Wilmer Flores but no he's going into his age 30 season and maybe he's coming up in progression he's always been a plus hitter pretty much his whole career but I do not want Wilmer Flores for Yasmani Grandal that's a huge win for the Giants there yeah you're you're only losing about 100 points in uh, OBP there (laughs) not to mention the power numbers yeah I I don't and then we don't have a catcher also well, yeah. Well, then you well, then you have uh, Zach Collins and Seppi Zavala as your catcher. So he just so. made things all, all bad. <laughs> yeah, I think you're fired. Uh, you're fired from uh, being a GM, but we'll still continue on uh, with your next point uh, there here, Alex. All right. Uh, point number two, to play catcher for the Sox. Uh, Herb, you thought you didn't have a plan. Uh, to, play, uh. to play catcher for the Sox and replace Yaz. This trade makes me vomit, even though I think it's a good idea. What? Uh, the trading Gavin Sheets. Trading Gavin Sheets and either Zach Collins or Sebi Zavala to the Cubs in exchange for Wilson Contreras. As much as I hate the idea, he's a dependable catcher with a World Series experience. Uh, clubs get Cubs get a lefty power bat that they can develop in the outfield to replace an aging Jason Hayward. Um, that's Gavin Sheets. And a young catcher prospect because their front office knows better than uh, – knows better than to rebuild around their catcher. Plus, Contreras is an asshole. Uh, that's your opinion. So he can add some of that edge to the lineup that I crave oh so much. That's he's saying that Chris craves oh so much. I prefer Maldonado, but if they can't get him, they should buy from the Cubs while their fire is still burning. What do you think about that? So you've got Gavin Sheets, Zach Collins, and or Seve to the Cubs in exchange for Wilson Contreras. Uh, that's a little more manageable. He's got two more. No, he's got one more year on his deal. No, if it was two, yes, I would think about it. He's only got this next upcoming year, his uh, third year of arbitration left on the Cub contract, and so the White Sox contract. No, I'm good. 
Um, and I mean, he's a plus hitter. He's awesome. I think he's improved on his defense, but yeah, I the framing has gotten better. Yeah, we know he's good uh, when he's got a chance. When he when you when you give him time, uh, his arm is as good as anyone, and the framing has gotten a lot better. Yeah, so he's he's a he's a top tier catcher. They don't uh, you know make a make him like Wilson Contreras anymore. Yeah, and the bat plays, but like it's only one year, and you're giving up Gavin. And if I'm giving up Gavin and or Andrew Vaughn, I'm getting a guy who either is at the top of the league and can help us help me this year like a lot or he's signed like if Wilson was signed to multiple years uh, and giving up those guys because those are going to hurt those guys you know are going to play and you know Andrew Vaughn's going to be a hitter but it might not be in 2022 so you might have to mortgage that so um no I can't I can't do it I can't do it if I'm the White Sox on that one yeah, and especially if it's lockstep with your you're saying goodbye to Grandal and you know what I mean. Like it just seems like you're taking uh, half a step backwards in totality. So yeah, I, that move in itself I, I dig. Like if you still had Grandal, because then you can pivot Grandal to the DH and you can you know split time between those two guys. Uh, but yeah, you know I, I I'm a Wilson Contreras fan in in the through the lens of having him on my team. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it, it, the Sox would be better if they had him, but uh, at what cost? I think and and I think maybe pitching prospects and Zach Collins. Cause if you're trying to, to tank mm-hmm. having Zach Collins out there every day, you know, it could be a good thing for your ball club. That's what I'm saying. I'm right. <laughs> so, you know, then he, I mean, gives him the necessary at bats to see yeah. if he's an actual major league player. And if he is one, 400 at bats would probably be good. Absolutely. 400 plus at bats would be great. Absolutely. Cause I still, that's like the, the, you know, we, we talk about Zach Collins a lot, but like, I don't, I think we can say he can't play, but we, can't definitively 100% say it because he hasn't had the playing time. And when he was brought up, he didn't play every day. And when Rick Renneria was here, he didn't play enough uh, as we thought he, he should have when the, those at-bats were readily available to him, like in, in 2019. So it's, it's a shame the way you know his development has been kind of botched a little bit. But I think if you had to put a gun in my head, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Uh, kid's not going to be the elite catcher he thought he was, you know. So I think maybe I've been trying to trade him for years, but while he still had upside, I think he doesn't have as much upside now. And you're trying to unload him because your your future at, at catcher uh, is is not is not a great one. Uh, speaking of that, Herb, there's something that we didn't get a chance to get into. You know what? All right, we'll get into the backup catcher spot here uh, before we uh, we'll read the, the rest of our man uh, Alex's email. Point number three: Sign Castellanos. Okay, I think we're all on board there. Uh, point number four. If the Sox can get Rodon back on the qualifying offer, this is obviously said before then, then I recommend bringing Kopech into the rotation to replace Keuchel. Uh, so remember, part of his plan, Keuchel's already gone, mm-hmm. uh, though you need to sign a capable bullpen arm to replace Kopech in the bullpen, maybe someone like Adam Adovino or Andrew Miller type. So, yeah, that that's all. there's a lot of contingencies there. You know, I, I think we're all in favor of signing a top-tier bullpen guy, but I, I wouldn't start with those guys. I think Rysel Iglesias is... Probably mm. both of our number one target, right? Uh, in terms of uh, a bullpen arm, even though he's a closer, then you'd have the, how many I, closers do you want in your bullpen? Ex- exactly. <laughs> I, I would that to be the only problem I would have is acquiring Rasio Glacius because he's a closer, and I don't know if he can do another role. I know in Cincinnati probably worked up to that role, so he has done some relief appearances where he wasn't the closer, but that stuff is closer stuff, so if he can translate to the seventh, eighth inning, I'm in, and if Tony's going to use him right, I'm in, and they have a, a contingency plan like Rick Hahn and Tony have talked, okay, I'm getting this guy 
I know it's redundant, but how would you use him? Are you going to use him like you used uh, Kimbrell? Ah, good. So let's not get him. Uh, point number five, re-signed to Para. Yeah, that I think that one's on the table. You talk about a guy who hasn't had a lot of stability in his major league career. When, you know, he I think he didn't have a contract until spring training was going into the Cubs last season. And now you can maybe give him a contract before the whole CBA thing here. I think that's a guy that I would target. You, 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 I love what he brought to the Sox, man, especially after the shaky start he had early and the fans booed him in his first home appearance. But mm-hmm. uh, the, the guy with the stones like that of to come out there and talk his shit against the Astros and then back it up, uh, I love him. And I know bullpens are volatile year to year, but I would take a shot with Ryan Tapera because I love the stuff I think it plays. I think we're both on board with them signing Tapera, uh, but I think he may have – not priced himself out, but he's one of those guys like, you know, I, I think you'd be settling if that was like the, the only bullpen move you made. You know, that that's that that can't be the guy that you look at uh, when you're going to an opening day like, oh, well, he brought the pair back. No, I, I think it's got to be better than that. But uh, he's an outstanding bridge guy if you can get him at the right price point. But I think maybe he maybe priced himself out of that after having an outstanding year with the Sox and Cubs. What do you think? Um. I don't know. I I mean, I'm 100 percent want to get him back. But, yeah, I want him to get paid to as Herb Lawrence. I'm like, hey, man, if the White Sox don't have necessary funds to sign you and you're uh, a valued commodity, you like you just said, he's been through the ringer. He's done things where he got DFA last year or non tendered last year and had to sign a little contract with the Cubs and has this year cash in, man. Yeah, man. You only make this money once in a lifetime and. In your case, like this is your chance. Don't go to any team that you're doing a favor for. Get your money. And if the White Sox want him, they'll pay him what he wants to get paid. And I'll be fine with him coming back. Like I know volatility in the bullpen is is a thing. So if they don't sign him because they think that this is not going to last, cool, fine. But I think that guy has learned his lesson. He's found his release point. He's found what works for him. I think he's going to have success going forward uh, the next couple of years. He looks like a hungry guy. And even when the White Sox fans, like you're saying, booed him in his first appearance, the guy dominated after that. Like he was awesome. And that that blaming the or telling the Astros to go shove it and stop cheating down there in Houston even sealed it a little bit more. He's awesome. Um, next point here from Alex, who I thought we fired as GM on his last email, but he's still there because uh, the White Sox are loyal to a far, uh, fault. I almost said loyal to a fart, uh, but you know, I'm incredibly loyal. They to are kind of loyal to a fart. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> if, <laughs> um, if they still have money left over, uh, they should sign Chris Taylor to fill Leury's old role. Uh, for the fifth infielder, fourth outfielder. Yeah, I think we talked about Chris Taylor. Someone brought him up. That'd be a nice move as like your last move to make. You know, mm-hmm. you don't don't roll him here with 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 Chris Taylor on opening day and be like, huh, huh, huh. You know, like that's a good <laughs> complimentary move, like to really bring up the 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 floor of that roster. But yeah, I think we're both on board with that. Um, you know, in, in that regard, right? So we can move on with that. Yep. We talked about that. All right. Uh, so finally, my three questions for you two on what I just proposed are one, more or less or the same chance of happening as the last abomination of a plan I submitted, which I don't even remember. I will just say probably more of a chance uh, because because these plans got a little more realistic as, as they uh, evolved deeper into the list. So I think more 
realistic chance of happening than your last plan. Uh, point two, yep. what do you like and what do you dislike about this? I think we already said. Uh, point three, if this is what the Sox offseason looks like, what grade would you give? Okay, so let's just look at this on totality here. So you've gotten rid of Con- uh, of Keiko, but you also got rid of Grandal, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you bought, but you brought in Wilmer Flores, okay? okay. And you've also brought in Wilson Contreras. Mm-hmm. So Castellanos uh, too. Yeah, you got yeah Castellanos. So it's starting to look a little better. Um, and so Rodon's out, but you got Tapera back. Okay, mm-hmm. you also got Chris Taylor. So you did upgrade right field, and you also got a guy that can move all around the diamond there, and Chris Taylor. So. I gotta say, if all those things happen, like I hated it's I hated each move as we were going through it, but the to- <laughs> the totality of them all, it's not horrendous. Uh, I'm just above all, I think the the top you know the the top move of, of trading Grandal was a move you didn't have to make in my opinion. But other than that, yeah, if you if you're if you've got Castellanos and Chris Taylor, I think you've had a pretty good offseason and you got Tep back at a mm-hmm. good price, I think that's a pretty good offseason. But the Grandal thing is a non starter for me. Yeah, I think I would give you a C because, as Taney just said, the ground dial thing in the grand scheme doesn't need to happen. To acquire Wilmer Flores would be, <laughs> firstly, not getting ground dial away, and we would still have ground dial, and all the rest of that stuff could happen, and you would have an A. But trading away ground dial for Wilmer Flores is a loss. It's a big-time L. So C for me if that with that whole thing. Without the ground dial thing, you get an A. After a quick timeout, you'll hear Rick Hahn's thoughts on what happened with the catcher spot in 2021. Maybe we gave Grandal a little too much flack for his performance. And uh, what's going to become of Zach Collins and Sebi Zavala? That's next here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. You know, I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. I can hear that this time of year. It's always a problematic time for your guy here with the bad snacks. Well, it's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. For example, one slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end, folks. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar, or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, and high-protein. And as always, they are covered in 100% real chocolate built is a great option for when you're hungry if thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough go for a built bar or two share some at your family gatherings it will make things a bit less awkward maybe aunt betty hasn't tried a built bar yet I know I've turned some of my family members on a Built Bar, and you can do the same. And new surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often and sign up for those text alerts like I did. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. So mark your calendar, folks. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
more about this catcher spot. This is something that I did want to get to from Rick Hahn a couple weeks ago that we never talked about. But while we're on the topic here, while it came up organically from uh, Alex's email, uh, here's what Rick said about the catcher spot in 2021, ways they can improve, and what happened this year with that spot. First, Yaz had his knee cleaned up right after the season ended. That we think is going to help a little bit alleviate some of the pain that he played with, uh, as well as hopefully improve some of his lateral movement because of the relief and some of the restrictions that were there in his knee. Uh, he should be without restriction come spring training. The backup catching situation, uh, obviously going through the year with the kids back there and Sebi and and Zach and, and Yaz going down on the period of time that he did, uh, a lot was asked of these kids. Uh, I think they both grew from the experience and they both are viable options next year. Uh, Obviously, with Yasmani, as valuable as he is uh, offensively, as well as when you can, when healthy, what we get out of him from a defensive standpoint behind the plate, uh, you want to do what you can to protect him and and have him viable over the course of the entire six months, much less over. So, uh, having a backup that we have confidence in and uh, you know, can be a suitable sub for Yasmani when the needed breaks arise would be would be a good benefit to us. Uh, certainly have internal options. We think they're going to continue to get better, and we'll see how the offseason unfolds in, in that regard. John Greenberg. Hey, Rick, uh, when, you, when you're talking about additions and changes in the offseason, how much will defense um, play a role in that? You know, how what kind of defensive skill guys have? And how big of an issue do you think that is for your you know, we kind of saw, you know, you could see in the playoffs how obviously great defensive teams go far. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest driver in the postseason was the the ball going far makes the team go far, you know, more home runs than the defense necessarily. Uh, but the defense is important and it's an area we can improve in. Uh, I do think uh, certainly having Luis knock on wood out there for the entire season and center will help lessen some of the burden on the corners uh, as we looked to potentially bring in guys from the outside, uh, defense will be part of our focus. Uh, I don't, again, we try to look at players holistically. We look at everything they bring to the table, positive and negative, and then make an assessment about how they fit. Uh, we're not going to necessarily chase someone because the only thing they do is is picket, as my 16-year-old likes to say. Um but it's going to be a factor and something to consider. Again, Adam Engel missed time, set us back. Obviously, uh, bringing in Cesar, we were hoping it was going to solidify second base. We made some improvements there, but you know, there's still a chance to potentially get better in that regard too. So I kept that second follow-up question from, from Greenberg on there just as a little bit of a window to what they're thinking. Uh, first of all, Rick Hahn thinks what we think. The ball going far makes the team go far. Which I, I loved hearing that, but uh, I think they know that they have to get better in a lot of areas, and defense is not going to be the number one thing that they look at. Um, so that question wasn't specific to the catcher spot. Um, I do think it gives you a little bit of a window into his mind about how they feel about Grandal. And I, and I will say, uh, Grandal must have been going through a, a ton of pain because he had that procedure in the middle of the year and then he goes and has another one when the season's over maybe we were a, a bit too hard on him and in the, in the, his perceived lack of effort you know I do feel like a, not I don't, I don't feel so great about the way we we talked about him a lot you know but again 
if, if you're out there, then you're healthy, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of what exactly. our philosophy is. So it's, it's tough. I know a lot of guys are going through a lot of things we may never hear about, but I, I'm just wondering how much of a factor it was for him to get that procedure the day after the season, uh, you know, in terms of how he looked at the end of the year. I know he wasn't a great defender in years leading up to that, so he didn't just become a bad defender because he was hurt, but uh, it, it sort of changes the way I look at uh, his season and the way it unfolded. And it sounded like he played through a lot of pain there, but they know Herb after hearing Rick Hahn there. I think they know that they can't run it back with Grandal, Collins, and Sebi in that catcher mm-hmm. spot, and and know that that's acceptable. You know, I, I think they can live with Grandal there, but I really believe that if they can bring in a, a viable defensive-minded option back there to to spell Grandal and a guy that's not going to kill you, I think they that's a that's a realistic move that I can foresee them making there. Um, in that regard, Martin Maldonado has been the guy I've been talking about. Did you see him? He was with Carlos Correa in New York. Yeah. Uh, when when uh, when I don't know if Correa was meeting with the Yankees or whatever, but they immediately went to New York after the season ended. But I think they know they can't run it back with with that catching core next year. Not at all. It'll be really sad if they did that. I couldn't imagine they come back and say, "Oh yeah, we trust Zach to give us fifty games behind the plate. He's improved so much. Like he's given he's been given plenty of time to prove that he is a catcher, a backup catcher, or a starter at this uh, level." He does well at AAA. When he comes up here, it doesn't work. Classic 4A player. Now, we said earlier that, you know, would love for another team to give him 400 plus at bats to get some definitive answers on can he do it? And that's on some other team. And if they run Sebi back there, I thought he was a defensive stalwart. That's why he was in the league. He can't hit, he can catch his ass off. That was his, uh, that was the MO. He hit better than I expected and caught worse than I expected. So having those two is a non-starter for me next year as the backup. Now, Maldonado, that'd be great. That's a pipe dream to me. I think he's probably just going to go back to Houston, and he started for Houston. So for him to come to the White Sox to be a backup to Yasmani would be kind of a backwards move unless the money's just really blows them out of the water, but why would they sign a backup to that much money? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm looking for a defensive-minded catcher. We saw Barnhart just go to the uh, Tigers. That's sad for me. I wanted him. That was an option. Just a search around there. The guy in um, Pittsburgh, uh, Stallings. Stallings. Yeah. He's really solid. I would love him for him to be a starter for the White Sox, and you have to do what you have to do with Yasmani, either DH or move him somewhere else because he's a solid catcher that I think in that series, Martin Maldonado to me was the MVP because of all the things he did to stop the White Sox running, to get the pitching staff to pitch as well as they did. And he changed the game and he he didn't really use his bat because he was terrible with the bat. Yeah, and the, and the Sox could sustain that. I know there's a lot of variables there. You talk about an older guy, too, who maybe not want to catch 100-plus games. That may be intriguing if the money is the same, if not better. So, uh, yeah, there, there are some options out there, and they, they can get better in that regard. There are There's no magic pill for that position, and, and having Grandal there certainly complicates things. But they can still improve. And, and my basic plan for that spot is if, it, if it's a, a – you, 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 let's say you took – you split the first two games of a three-game set with Cleveland. If you're trying to win game three, 
and you're trying to, to you know, take a series there in, in late July, August, September, uh, I want my defensive-minded catcher there at home plate calling the game. And, uh, like, that's that's how you know it's winning time if you got someone like Martin Maldonado back there. I think they can make mm-hmm. it work if he's interested. All right, take a quick time out, wrap this thing up, preview tomorrow's show, and the rest of the week here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. They're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Taking a look at the early lines for the Bears and Ravens this Sunday afternoon on the lakefront. Right now, the Bears opening at six and a half point dogs to Baltimore at home. It's a pretty big number. Maybe you like that. Maybe you think it's too much. Maybe you think it's not enough. Head over to Bet Online and make Make your play right now. The over/under sitting at 45 and a half. If you head to the new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today and you'll receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball futures, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Don't forget to check out Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. That's here on the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, that does it for Herb and I today. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to get into some more emails and voicemails, some fun stuff. Uh, We're going to talk about, will the White Sox ever hand out a $100 million contract? And what about the contact rate? Is that something that needs to improve? And someone wants to bring back Nick Madrigal? Oh, Jesus. Uh, We'll get to that tomorrow as well. And then later on in the week on Friday, I think we're going to make our case uh, and hear from some of the voices around baseball about Minnie Minoso's Hall of Fame candidacy. So that's all coming up here the rest of the week here on Locked on White Sox. For my partner, Herb Lawrence, I'm Chris Tannehill. Thank you for listening to Locked on White Sox.